Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled, The Gift of Peace, presented by Pastor Floyd Silva, on December 16th, 2018. Well, um, this morning what I'd like to do is I, I want to jump right in because I want to I take about a three-hour sermon and try and condense it into about 45 minutes if that's okay. So grab your Bibles, uh, mark your place to uh, the book of Philippians. We're going to continue in there. I know we've kind of bounced back and forth. We're going to be in chapter 4 this morning. And uh, as you grab your Bibles and mark your place, I also want you to grab inside your bulletin, uh, like Jason said, it's the one-stop shop. There are some sermon notes there, and I want you guys to have those out this morning, because instead of doing speed drills with you this morning, how many of you uh, grew up doing speed drills at church? No? No? Just only a couple? Darn it, we're going to have to fix that. We're going to have to start doing speed drills on Sunday morning. So for those of you who don't know, speed drills is basically who can get to the chapter of the book the fastest. And then we'll give you a piece of candy afterwards if you win. How's that sound? (laughs) We all love candy, right? Well, if you would look at your your sermon notes, and I really just kind of want to jump right in because uh, this morning I think we're going to cover something that, that is very important to us in the life of a Christian, in our Christian faith. See, um, when we look at the beginning of time, see, we understand and know that God was here before us, and then, then God created, God created the heavens, He created the earth, He created mankind, and all of the things that we see around us, uh, from the mountains to the trees to the animals to the seas, everything that's in it, God created, amen, right? We all, we all know that. So we see this story that's kind of evolving, and in that story, we see these very key players. We see these individuals that God uses to bring his own glory, to uses to help you and I, even today, to walk in faith, to live a life that God created for us to live. See, in this season that we're in, we're gonna do a lot of things that will point Jesus to Jesus, the Messiah. We're, we celebrate these traditions, these things that we do every year with our family, with our friends, with our church group, you know, lighting candles, reading scripture, coming together and having Christmas dinner theaters. We do a lot of things traditionally in our lives that point to Jesus. What's interesting and what's really cool about God's word is that from the very beginning of time, very beginning of our time here on earth, God is pointing us to Jesus. See, the story begins with God creating the heavens and the earth and it's all, all its inhabitants and then he creates man. And when we think about man, we need to think about mankind, both, both male and female. God creates them both. In all of this, he creates this peace, this harmony. They're, they're walking in the garden, right? We, we have all heard about the Garden of Eden, this beautiful, uh, picturesque place where God just uh, creates man and woman and he lets them live. They get to live there. And God is pleased with this creation. The Bible tells us that, that he's very satisfied in what he's done, both in, in all of creation and also in the creation of mankind. Then the story continues. As we read further in the book of Genesis, we see that, that man makes a mistake. It's that big uh, boo-boo moment, that, oh, oh, what did I do? And in this moment, this mistake that man makes, there's this tension that's created. See, that peace that God created for man, that peace that God created when he created all the heavens and the earth is somehow just pulled away and moved. And now there's this tension. And we even see it so much so that we see as we read in Genesis that the, that man, they hid from God. 
They, they tucked away and they, they said, I, you know, I can't let God see me. We, we made a mistake and now, now that peace that God created for us is gone. But what's beautiful about this picture that God is telling us about in this Genesis story is that this story doesn't end there, it continues. And it's because of God's grace, because of God's love for his creation. He was so pleased with it, even though that his creation made a mistake, he still loves them and he shows them this love. See, that tension that was created by what man did, God used that moment to lead us and point us to the reason why we celebrate Christmas today. See, it all happened those many, many, many years ago. I want you to look in your notes there because we see that man falls. This is what happens. Man falls, but God responds. Genesis 3, 14 and 15. It says, The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. This verse 15 is a very key verse. He says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. And then God points to Jesus. He says, he will bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. See, God, as he points to Jesus, he tells us that he will send him to overcome what Satan intended to use to destroy you and I. See, this moment in the garden was when Satan attempted to destroy mankind, all that God has created. But God says, no way. He says, I have a plan. He says, the Messiah will be the one who deals this death blow to you, Satan. And the cost, the cost of this gift to us, to you and I, what God did for us way back then is that Jesus Christ will have to suffer on a cross. He'll have to come. See, this is why we celebrate Christmas. We celebrate it because God sent the Messiah, the Savior to the world, to pay a price for you and I, for for our sin. Isaiah 53, verse 5 says, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his stripes, we are what? We are healed. Amen? What a beautiful picture. It's the cost of peace. It's the price that Jesus would have to pay on the cross for the sins of the world, the sins of mankind, both man and for woman. See, sin is simply our disobedience. And it's what takes away any kind of peace that we might hope to have. We see it happening, that it happened in the garden, and we see it happen today. See, we have to understand that peace is something that God has given us. See, peace is is part of the gift of of a deep, intimate, personal relationship with Jesus Christ. See, and it was given to us through his son, Jesus I love what it says in in Psalm 85. I think this is a key passage for every believer, every Christian. He just simply says, the psalmist, he says, let me hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace to his people, to his saints. And there's a key part here. He says, but let them not turn back to folly. 
See, the cost on our part is to turn from our folly, to turn from our sin. The old life is gone, the new has come. And now we listen to when God speaks to us. Because when he speaks to us, he speaks peace into our lives. He is the giver of peace. He is our everything. See, as we turn from sin, we turn turn towards the Messiah. We turn towards this peace that God is offering us. And again, this is why we celebrate Christmas. It's the reason for the season. Now, this is why we celebrate the birth of the Messiah. I love what the prophet Zechariah says in chapter 9, verse 9. He says, rejoice greatly. I got to imagine he probably stood up and just, as he's writing this, he was just so excited, so enamored with what he saw God showing him as God was speaking to him and sharing. He says, rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. Righteous and having salvation is he, humbled and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. See, the story continues, and God is offering us peace. One of the marks of a Christian life is just that it's peace. Well, before we pray and we get into our our, our main passage, I want to ask you this morning do you have peace? Are you at peace with God? My prayer is this morning as we open up his word, as we talk about the gift that we've been given through Jesus Christ, that we'd walk away from here with a better understanding of what it means to have peace, peace in Christ. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for this morning. Father, we come together and we rejoice. We praise you. We lift up our hands. We open our hearts. We come into your presence. And we thank you for what you've done for us, what you've given Father, we know that your story isn't over yet. But one day, Jesus will come again. One day, you will send him to get us, to to bring us into your glory. So, Father, between now and then, Father, in these moments, I pray that that you would help us to understand what you have for us. Father, that you you would break our hearts, that you would soften them and give us new hearts, new spirits, Father, that would seek after your peace that we would turn from any type of disobedience, any area in our lives where, where it separates us and removes us from this peace that you offer us. Father, and as we hear the words of Paul, that we might rejoice, that we might rejoice because our Savior has come. Father, we thank you so much for all that you are and all that you're doing. And we love you and we praise you and we do it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, in Philippians chapter 4, Paul says some real interesting words here. He's kind of wrestling with the church. There's a little tough moment in the verses just before this where we see and we don't really understand. There's this uh, tension that two ladies are having in the church. And he kind of addresses that. And then he goes into these very specific words starting in verse 4. He says to the church, he says, Rejoice in the Lord. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. In verse 6, a very familiar passage to all of us. He says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. 
And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice and the God of peace will be with, excuse me, with you. Again, do you know that true peace that only comes from a deep, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ? See, because peace is ours because of Jesus. And, and Paul starts out this, this passage here in verse five, 4 and 5. He says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. So there are a couple of things that I'd like us to, to take note of. One is that, that we are to be joy-filled because of Jesus. It's because of who Jesus is that we should find our joy. It's in him that we find our joy. And it's because of him that we have peace. This peace is what we rejoice in. You know, the, the Christmas story and the, the Easter story is such a, a beautiful picture of, of God's story, of what he's done for us and what he set into motion many, many years ago. See, the peace that we get, the peace that we receive comes through Jesus because he came to be that peacemaker. And that's why we rejoice in him. That's why we find our joy in him. And that's where we get our peace is through him. And what's interesting, what Paul does here is he goes from saying rejoice, rejoice to be gentle, be gentle. Because he says, let your gentleness be evident to all. And he's simply just saying, be fair or kind to others. Because of Jesus, because of the joy, be fair or kind. And I know there's a little bit of a debate on, on the translation from the Greek to the English on this, this specific word. And in my Bible, the ESV, it uses the term gentleness and yours may use a different term. But really, I think if we look at it, they all point to the fact that we have a role to play to point people to Jesus. See, because if we rejoice and we rejoice, if we celebrate what God did and who he is in us, but yet we're not gentle towards one another, we don't let our gentleness be evident in our lives, nobody's ever going to want to look at Jesus. They're not going to want to see that Jesus that we're trying to share. So I think it's important for us to have peace. We have to have peace and then we share that peace with others. And I think this is why Paul is telling us to let our gentleness be known to all. It's the mark of a Christian. It's who we are in Christ. Galatians three twenty-seven and 28 says, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Did you catch that? We are baptized into Christ and we have put on Christ. We are his image bearers. Verse 28 says, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. I want to ask you this morning, when you look at people, what do you see? When you look at 
the world around you, when you go to work, you see your coworkers, when you go to Walmart, you know, the people of Walmart, what do you, what do you see? See, Paul is telling us to see them through Jesus' eyes. But sadly enough, we don't immediately see them through Jesus' eyes. Sadly enough, most of us, myself included, we, we see the flaws. And, and we focus in on these flaws. And we focus in on what they're not doing or what they should be doing. And, and we create in our hearts, unfortunately, this, this, this unhealthy emotion, this unhealthy response that whether you realize it or not, just naturally comes out. See, the reality is that when we look at someone, we have to understand that they have hurts too. They've probably been through something in their life that has affected them or changed them or caused them, and not that we're justifying their responses, but has caused them to act out or to behave in this way that causes you and I to respond and to repeat that same cycle of hurt and, and emotion. You know, growing up as, as a young man, I experienced a lot of hurt, you know. And my, my response was anger. My response was, well, I'll just get mad. You know, I'll just yell at someone or do something to someone and I'll feel better. I realized as I got older, in those moments of hurt and pain, all I was doing was just creating this cycle that just continued not only in my life, but in the life of those around me. And I wasn't even realizing it. And it all came back to two things. One is that I didn't have peace. And two, I wasn't looking at those around me through the eyes of Jesus. And that's why Paul says, let your gentleness be evident. Rejoice in Jesus. Celebrate the peace that he's given you and let it be an outpouring into the world around you and be gentle to all because Jesus is near. The Lord is near. See, Paul is telling us this is the cost of peace. This is what God has set into motion in the garden. God did this for you and I way back in the day. Do you realize that? See, that story of the garden... When, when Adam and Eve fell and God responded, he set into, into motion something so beautiful, so precious that today you and I, we celebrate it every year. We celebrate it at Easter. We celebrate it at Christmas. We celebrate it on Sunday mornings when we gather together to lift up our hands and praise God for his gentleness, his kindness, his love. See, the peace is ours because of Jesus. And this peace is ours because of what God has done. And it's his grace that he's given. Listen to what Paul says here in verse 6 and 7. He says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Very familiar verse, right? We say it, we read it, we, some of us have it even memorized. And then verse 7, he says this. He says, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. See, that passage right there just screams grace to me. I mean, think about what he's saying here. He's saying, don't worry about it, just trust God. Because God's grace is so big, so, so large, so wonderful 
that, that this grace will just blow your mind. It, it'll just confuse you because you'll just wonder, why, why do I feel so at peace right now when the world around me is just so full of chaos? You know, my wife shared her story a, a while back about her mom and she touched on it a, a little bit, you know, in regards to losing her mom and how that affected her and, and the season that God had her in when, when all of that came. She was a new Christian, just kind of taking that step towards faith and, and moving towards and just asking God to, just to be a part of her life and just coming to that understanding. And, and one of the, the, the greatest things that she experienced because she lived out this verse in those moments and she didn't even realize she was living out this verse is that the peace of God came into her life and she didn't even understand why or how. And I tell you what, it was evident in her life. Even her sisters, which were real close to her, they were, you know, we just don't understand that how well you're doing considering all the chaos that's going around us. You know, we see this, this kind of this peace in your life and, and, and we just don't know why you have it and we don't. You know, we're, we're so hurt and so broken and we just have no peace right now, but yet we look at you and we watch you and, and we see this peace that it just kind of confuses us. What is it? And in those moments, my wife was able to point to Jesus and just say, I don't know, other than Jesus, other than who God is in my life right now. See, that's what Paul is saying here. He's saying, just simply don't worry about it, but trust Jesus. Now, I will give you the peace in the midst of the storm. Jesus will be the one that holds you and keeps you and cares for you. See, and that's God's grace. That's the beauty of God's grace is that he just wraps his loving arms around you in the midst of the chaos, even when that chaos is created by ourselves. Because we do have to admit, sometimes we create our own chaos. Sometimes we respond in ways that, that, that just isn't healthy. You know, we don't make our, our gentleness be evident to the world around us. You know, we start to see people through our own eyes and we think, well, they're not doing that, so I'm going to be this and I'm going to do that. Some of us will even say, well, that's just who I am. But I'll tell you this morning, it's not who you are. If you are in Christ Jesus, it's not who you are. Who you are is an image bearer of Jesus Christ. And that's why Paul says, I will say it again, rejoice. Rejoice in Jesus. Let your gentleness be known. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, trust God. The prophet Isaiah affirms this passage for us in Isaiah 26, verses three and four. He says, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind, underline this word, whose mind is stayed on you and it's because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever for the Lord God is an everlasting rock and because of God's grace, you and I can live in peace. God's grace is what will sustain us. It's what will carry us. It's what guards our hearts from the hurt and brokenness that we will experience, we have experienced and what we see all around us in the world. So don't be anxious. Just trust God. Believe in him. See, and the beautiful thing about all of this is that peace is ours 
because of God's generosity. Do you see God as a generous God? Do you wake up every day and, and focus on the things that God has given you, that God has blessed you with? Even the simplest of things? You know, I, I'm not an old guy. At least my kids tell me I am, but I, I'm in the denial stage, you know. <laughs> but I, I will have to confess to you that, that I wake up almost every morning and I thank God for a new day. I, I really do. And, and maybe it is because I'm an old guy. I don't know. You know. But I wake up and I just think about this life, you know. My wife calls me a, a Philly cheesesteak. And uh, because I can get a little philosophical and cheesy at the same time, you know. <laughs> so, so. But you think about our lives. You think about what God has done for us. God is so, so generous. And because of that generosity, you and I can be at peace. Paul here, he tells us in these last couple of verses He says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And for me, those things are a new day. Just one more day that God has given me. He says, think about such things, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. See, here it is. See, God, in his response to you and I, he tells us what the cost of peace was. He he had to send his son to bring peace to this world. His son had to die on a cross. His son had to be broken and beaten and tortured and killed so that there would be peace in this world so that you and I would know what peace is. See, in our part, because we have fallen, our part is to put into practice everything that we have learned, everything that we have heard, everything that is excellent, everything that is praiseworthy. We are to put it into practice knowing that the God of peace will be with us. This morning, as we kind of wrap this up, I want to challenge us as a church. As Jason said earlier, we're, we're kind of at the corner of a whole new year. 2019 is just a few weeks away from us. I believe with, with every, every ounce of my body, with every ounce of my faith, I believe God is doing some amazing work in our church. I believe God is preparing the way for us to be a part of some amazing things. And I can say that because I've, I've had a lot of conversations with you. I've had conversations where I know that, that your hearts are to glorify God, to help others come to, to faith in Jesus Christ because of what you have been given. You want to share it with the world. And I believe that God has some great things in store for us as a church in the coming days. And I think if if we're just obedient, if we just take the steps, if we just stay faithful and let our gentleness be evident, I I believe that we are going to experience and see this precious gift 
of peace just be spread throughout our community. I truly believe that with all of my heart. But I want to ask you this morning, I want to I challenge us together to help one another as, as we learn more and more about the good things that God has given us in this life. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, whatever is excellent or praiseworthy, that we together would think about these things and together we would put them into practice. That we wouldn't just be readers of God's word, that we would be doers of God's word. I want to ask you to commit to that this morning. I want to ask you to, to in your own heart, between you and God, just to resolve and say, God, I'm going to wake up each morning and even in the moments that I don't want to and I don't really feel like it, I'm going to turn my eyes and my heart to you. I'm going to try and do my best to focus on the good things. And in those moments that, that I really just don't feel like it, I'm going to reach out to one of my family members, Sol Rio Church, one of my brothers and sisters in Christ, and I'm going to remind them of what Paul says, rejoice. I say it again, rejoice in Christ. Can we commit to that this morning? Because I tell you what, God has some great things in store for us in the new year. I know God's already doing some great things and I know God is preparing a way for us uh, for 2019. And I just believe that, that God is just, he wants, he wants the world to know that Jesus is the Messiah. Do you agree with that? Amen? Well, I want to leave you with this last passage because I think it's a great reminder of this generous gift that God has given us. And it's John chapter 14, verse 27. <coughs> Jesus says this. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Let's not be anxious, but let's trust God. Will you pray with me? Father, we thank you so much. Father, your generosity is just something that... that, uh, Sometimes we don't always understand or even comprehend, Father. We think about our own lives. We, we think about the ways that we fall and the ways that we make mistakes. Father, we're, we're no different than, than Adam and Eve. We, we are mankind. We are image bearers. We are people that you have created. We are people that you've breathed life into. And Father, we fall. We make mistakes. This morning, Father, we acknowledge those before you. We acknowledge our shortcomings. We're not here to hide from you, Father. We're here to, to come before you and bow and surrender and to trust you, to give over whatever, whatever it is that we've done to cause tension in this relationship that you've given us. Whatever sin we've committed whatever disobedience there's been in our lives father we surrender it to you in this very moment we ask for your peace we ask for your grace we ask that you would be generous towards us in forgiving us and washing us and cleansing us of our unrighteousness and giving us a new life a new hope and a heart that would just seek after you father that we'd be willing and obedient to walk with you in a way that would just bring glory to your name. That like Jason reminded us this morning that we would 
point to whatever we get to do and we would say all for your glory all for your glory it's all God all God Father we are here to glorify you we are here to worship you Father we need your guidance we need your help we need your spirit to just to show us the way Father our part is just to to bow and to to understand and to know and to trust and to believe to have faith Father, as we go on this journey together, as we look at just all the great things that that we're going to get to do together, Father, I pray your blessing upon them. I pray that you would guide our hearts and that you would protect our hearts, that you would protect us and give us that peace. That you would help us to just be confident in who Jesus Christ is in our lives. And that together as a family, we would grow, we would understand, and that we would act out that our gentleness would be evident to the world around us. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for every heart that's here, every person that has committed their lives to you through this body of believers that we call Soul Rio Church. Father, I pray your blessing for today, tomorrow, and into the new year. Lord, we love you and we give you glory and we do it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. And we pray you were blessed by today's message. You're invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For directions and information about Soul Rio and our weekly events, please visit our website at soulrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505-792-8737 or email us at info at soulrio.com. At Soul Rio, we're a community of followers of Jesus Christ, committed to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope to our community. We invite you to go with us on this journey.